While You Were Folding, Episode 25, Summer Potpourri. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things. Marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 10 years and a mother for eight. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father of mercy, thank you for the gift of new beginnings and fresh starts and your forgiveness. Thank you for the grace that you give us to come back to you time and time again when we make mistakes. And thank you for the gift of motherhood and just the opportunity to be entrusted with these young souls and the gift that it is to be surrounded by childhood and innocence and the opportunity to try and give our children the best lives that we possibly can, but also to be aware of our shortcomings and imperfections, but not to be so disheartened about that, that we beat ourselves up or get so frustrated with ourselves that we almost despair about our shortcomings. Help us to acknowledge them and be aware of them, but then to get on with our striving toward holiness and help us not to be so frustrated with our imperfections that we lose sight of the beauty of being a broken human being and that that means that we're able to lean on Jesus a little bit more. And if we weren't aware of our shortcomings, then maybe it's because we are too prideful. So just help us to lean on you and trust that you will make up for any of our imperfections that we may be painfully aware of at times, but help those not to become a source of distraction and being so frustrated with ourselves that we forget that we really are a beloved daughter of God. We pray these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. First of all, hello. I owe you an apology. If you were looking for a new episode last week, you obviously did not get one because we were out of town and I was so consumed with getting out of town that I did not edit and put out an episode last week. So I'm sorry I missed you, but (laughs) it was a good uh, knock to my ego that the world did not fall apart when there was not a new episode of While You Were Folding out there for all of you to listen to. But I apologize for not letting you know in advance that I was not doing a podcast episode last week. So we were, like I said, we were going out of town. We are having a house renovation. We are redoing our main floor floors, and we took down a couple of walls, and it already looks really awesome. I'm so excited about it. Um, 
prior to the renovation, we had uh, a lot of different materials on the floor on the main level. We had carpet in a couple of rooms and we had hardwood floors and we also had tile in the kitchen and in the laundry room. And for ease of cleaning and keeping things lower maintenance and also for things being friendly for a family with young kiddos that likes to spill things (laughs) and stain things and has a pet that likes to go to the bathroom in the house, we decided to switch the main level floors to vinyl plank. And I'm so happy with it so far. It looks beautiful and it's easy to clean and it's a lot warmer on our feet than I thought it would be. And it's not loud the way that the hardwoods and tile was. So I am so pumped about the vinyl plank flooring. If you're looking to change your flooring in any part of your house, consider vinyl plank because it's relatively inexpensive to some of the other materials and it absorbs sound, and like I said, it's warmer to your feet and doesn't feel quite as cold. So, um, yeah, we're enjoying that. Um, And while we were gone, we went to Kansas City for the week, and we decided instead of staying in a hotel that we were going to rent a house. And this is the first time that we've done it, and it is my favorite way to vacation as a family. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you might remember that we took the kids to Disney World around Easter, and while that was a wonderful trip, it was kind of rough being in a hotel for that length of time, and it, uh, as great as the place was where we stayed, it's just different than being able to sprawl out in a house and having everyone have their own spaces and their own dedicated bedrooms. And it was really great to have a full kitchen and to be able to stock up at the grocery store and not have to eat out every meal. And I, for, oh man, probably two years now, I've been doing, um, the Beachbody workout series, and they last year started offering a streaming service. And so my workout routine when I'm on the days when I'm not doing the elliptical or going for a run, I have a portable workout system now. So I was able to maintain my workouts at the house and we had just tons of great family connecting time. And it wasn't the kind of trip where we were on the go constantly. We did a couple of fun outings. Kansas City is such a great place to go if you have a young family. A couple of our favorite things, we went to the Deanna Rose, uh, now I'm going to mess up the name of it, the Deanna Rose Farm. And that is a beautiful place where you can feed goats bottles and do some fishing and some pony rides and the kids just had a great time there. And we went to Union Station and we checked out the planetarium and Science City. They have an awesome outdoor play climbing structure that the kids loved. And we, of course, did the aquarium at Crown Center and we did a trip to the bookstore because my kids cannot go anywhere without thinking they have to get a souvenir. And if we're going to get anything, I am okay with getting some books. So everyone got themselves a new book before we left town so that they had a new book to read on the ride home. And um, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I just realized 
a couple of my friends were asking about the car ride with younger kids. And we had noticed after our trip to Disney, because we had allowed the kids to start using their Kindle fires on that trip for the plane ride, that they had slowly gotten back into asking for screens all the time. So we had gotten to the point where we said, okay, we're going cold turkey. You guys are addicted to these things. It's getting out of control. But then we decided for the trip that we were going to allow them to use their tablets again for the car ride to and from Kansas City, which is just a couple of hours from where we are in Lincoln. Um, But the kids did a great job on the trip with the tablets. And now that we're back, we're back to cold turkey. We're not using the tablets anymore. So maybe consider if your kiddos are getting a little bit out of control and addicted to their tiny tablets or screens that they are only a car trip or special occasion device because that has worked really well for us. I've been thinking about um, trying to put more restrictions on the tablets and allowing them to use them to read ebooks or to do some audiobooks, but I have not spent enough time trying to filter out the other content and put those restrictions. I know that it's possible to do things like set a special timer where the child has to read for 30 minutes before they can have access to other things. That's not something that I have tried hard enough (laughs) to make happen. It's just been easier to have a blanket cold turkey rule. But maybe you have a creative way that you're allowing your kids to have access to screens for educational type purposes so that it feels like a treat, but they're doing something like an audiobook. But I'd be curious to know what you're doing with that. Um, But we had a great time in Kansas City. I love renting a house as a way to vacation because there's something really special about getting to get away, get out of your routine as a family, but to still be in a home environment because you're able to still have your own spaces and be together, but you're not cramped and you're having the home cooked meals But because you're not at home, it's easier to feel more leisurely and do the stuff that you don't ordinarily make the time for. So we had brought a couple of games that we played and (laughs) we were painfully reminded of the reality that we still need to work on being a good sport and um, that maybe we're still in the chapter of games that require cooperation instead of competition. So maybe you have a suggestion (laughs) for how you have taught your children how to both win and lose games gracefully. I would love to hear your tips on that. But it's just fun to be in a space where you're in a home setting, but like I said, you're not at home. So we just hung out for the most part. And the house actually had a pool. And I was a little nervous about that because the kids are good swimmers, but they're not super, super independent yet. And I didn't have the lifeguard to lean on like I do at our usual pool when we're back home. But the kids were great and they were very respectful and respected our rule about not opening the door if mom and dad weren't around. And they loved being able to have access to the pool. Unfortunately, it rained almost the entire week. So we got to have some fun outings, but had some more cozy cuddling days at the house, which was perfectly fine with our crew. Um, But now that we're back, we are struggling with our typical re-entry period after a trip. So 
when you come back from any trip, there's always the mountains of laundry. Um, but this time around, we also have the renovation that we're coming back to. And so there's the mountain of laundry. And unfortunately, we realized the night before we were leaving, right around 10 o'clock, shortly before Philip and I were going to bed for the night, that we had water damage. And this is the same water damage that I mentioned a couple of months ago. We're still not sure what happened. Fortunately, for whatever reason, it is not affecting the new flooring that we got put down. But um, it's somehow linked to the laundry room. And so I'm not able to do laundry <laughs> at a normal pace because it creates this water damage in the basement ceiling. Anyway, I'm going way into too much detail about this. But the moral of the story is that this whole experience has taught me that I am, I think, overly attached to order and having order when we're home and routine and all of those things because I am kind of just struggling with we had to get all the things off of the floor of the main level and so our attic is overflowing with the stuff that's normally on the main level and our basement is just full of all of the things that usually were on the main level and so Things just feel cluttered and I feel like I want to get rid of everything <laughs> and I'm not able to keep up with the laundry and it's been a very good reminder that I need to let go a little bit. But the kids are very happy to be back home and to be back on our home routine and they are excited to be back to their jobs that I mentioned a couple episodes ago. And we're happy to be back. And this last weekend, we got to welcome our parish has a new pastor. And so I want to first of all, wish our former pastor Monsignor Barr a very happy retirement. It is well deserved. I hope you get some rest and relaxation and many blessings in your retirement. And we are also just so thrilled to get to welcome our new pastor, Father McCabe. He uh, was the celebrant at Mass when we were there last weekend. And I just so appreciated in his homily, he said that he's happy to be part of a parish with a lot of young children and that it seems like it's a vibrant parish. And that <laughs> meant the world to me. Because Dorothy, holy cow, she was having a particularly active mass. We, when we walked in, did not even make it into the pew before Philip handed her off to me. And I went into the narthex to be with her for the entirety of mass. <laughs> so, Father McCabe, you're the man. Thank you for saying that you're happy to be part of a parish with so many young kids. Um, a couple of us at the parish have been doing something fun after our 9 a.m. mass. During the school year, we have our parish, and I am, I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know who's responsible for this, but after mass, periodically throughout the school year, there are donuts and coffee uh, provided by someone. Whoever you are, you rock. And it seems like they just stopped doing that during the summer. So our women's group, Women at the Well, we decided to start inviting people to join us on the school playground after Mass and bring donuts outside. And my friend Michelle brings a cooler of bottled water and juice boxes and these Starbucks coffee 
concoctions. I don't even know what they're called, but they're delicious. And then Philip and I just pick up a couple dozen donuts from a nearby donut shop and tell everyone to come meet us on the playground afterward. And we've been doing this for a couple weeks and it is my new favorite thing. It's so much fun because all the parents get to hang out. We give everyone their donuts and their drinks and the kids just have a ball running around and playing and talking to each other. And meanwhile, the parents get to just mill around and have adult conversation while the kids come in and out and ask for another donut or need help opening a juice box. But we're, for the most part, able to just catch up with one another. And I love this because on Sunday, you get to see all of your friends at Mass, but it's usually so tough just because of the way Catholic churches are set up. If your parish is anything like ours, we're fortunate at our parish to not have the traditional Catholic church architecture where you have the main sanctuary and then you go out the doors and you're outside. At our church, at least we have a pretty big narthex lobby type area. Um, So people are able to stay there and visit with one another. But okay, if your kids are anything like mine, they at this point are not able to stand still for more than a millisecond before they have to run off and do something. And so to be able to have the nicer warm weather and to be able to go outside and the kids get to run around and the parents get to talk, it's just dreamy. So it's been great. It's just been so easy and fun as a great way to have some more fellowship and connection with our friends after mass. But I'm curious to know how you and your church community try to foster fellowship. Do you have a special area set aside for this purpose? I know a lot of my Christian friends that um, aren't Catholic have even dedicated coffee shops at their churches. And I'm just curious how your church community tries to foster fellowship and what that looks like. Please send me your feedback on that. You can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Also, I have to share some books. I, on our trip, finished a couple of really good ones. The first was recommended to me by Ashley Stevens on episode 24, It's called He Leadeth Me by Father Walter Chizak. And I am afraid I have a lot of growth that is necessary for me to get anywhere near being the level of holy that Father Walter attained. And also, um, I'm almost done with it, but I'm not quite finished with No Greater Love. It's a book... It's a compilation of writings by Mother Teresa. So He Leadeth Me, as Ashley mentioned on that episode 24, it's about Father Walter becoming a prisoner of war during World War II. He was in Russia and the Red Army invaded Poland and he became a prisoner of war and worked in the labor camps for 23 years. And he was thought to be dead And this book just does such, he does such a beautiful job of talking about how he would try to get his mind in a place where he wasn't losing heart. And he was able, because can you imagine 23 years of being a prisoner of war? But 
what struck me most about this book wasn't necessarily what he endured, but how he was so resilient psychologically and how he was able to find his path to holiness in this environment and how it was almost easier for him to find that path to holiness in the most trying of times and how he would initially with each step of the way, when he would be given a new curveball or challenge, he would be very resentful and upset about it at first, but then quickly realize this very thing, this moment, this is exactly the will of God because he has allowed it to happen. It's his permissive will happening within my life. So therefore, God, open my eyes to whatever it is you want me to learn in this moment and help me to be open to that and to see how I can allow you to work through me within this moment with this person in this circumstance. And I was just blown away by his perspective. And it was not at all, it did not come across as preachy. It just was very, this is the way it was. This is how I experienced it. This is how I bristled against it at first. And this is how I came to embrace this particular challenge. And this is how God helped me through it. Because he was so honest and transparent about his shortcomings along the way. But he was also, I thought, just so beautifully just forthcoming with how God allowed him to see the graces in each moment. So highly recommend that one. No Greater Love by Mother Teresa. I found that one on Hoopla. That is a library app. You, If you have a library account, you can link to Hoopla, Overdrive, and Libby. And I think I'll do another podcast sometime about that because I've had some friends ask me about that. But I love Mother Teresa. She's one of my favorite saints. So I highly recommend that one. Also, If you or someone you know is going through a period of grief, maybe you have a friend who has a terminal diagnosis or you've lost a parent or um, you're just struggling with something grief-related, I have a book recommendation for you. I just finished listening to Tell Me More by Kelly Corrigan, and I found this one on audio on Overdrive. And Kelly is... Um, She was born and raised Catholic, and although she does not approach a lot of her writing from this angle, I was so moved by her vulnerability and honesty with how she experienced grief when her friend Liz was given a terminal diagnosis, and she shares very beautifully about her friendship with Liz, and not just about losing her friend, but her musings on faith and losing her father as well and parenthood. And she, I have to warn you, there's quite a bit of language in this book, but in my view, I thought, um, it was really obvious to me how her faith and her faith formation has stuck with her in spite of her seeming rejection of Catholicism, that there's still something about the faith that is sticking with her. And I thought her view on life, while she would not probably say it this way, 
I thought she was very Catholic in her theology and view of how to love people before, through, during, and beyond their death here on earth. So I thought it was, it was an emotional read. It was very, um, very moving, very difficult to think about a young mom dying and having a terminal diagnosis, but also very comforting. And it was a, it wasn't meant to be some sort of how to be a friend to another friend who has a terminal diagnosis, but it was very inspiring. It helped me to think about how would I handle things if I had a friend who was dying or how would I want to be loved if I were dying? Um, so I know that sounds like kind of a downer, but it was really beautiful and really inspirational. Apparently, I'm really horrible at finding really light <laughs> summer reads, but those are the ones that came available on my library account. I'm still reading Harry Potter number three. It's getting really dark, um, and I'm not ready to say how I feel about it yet, but I really need to start reading that one during the daytime because... I stink at reading fiction at bedtime. I will get so confused about who the characters are. So hopefully by next episode, I'll have some more to report on that one. We, as far as our read aloud, family read aloud time goes, we are nearly done with Where the Red Fern Grows. Past the tissues, we're getting toward the end. I'll report back with how everyone handles the ending, maybe by next time. And during the day, we're still working our way through the Henry Huggins audio collection before nap time. That has been so much fun. I know in previous episodes, I've mentioned that I found that one on Audible. The actor Neil Patrick Harris is the narrator for some of those books, and he is phenomenal. The kids just think he is hilarious. He does a really great job, especially with the female characters. He's really good. Um, So that's been a lot of fun. Speaking of books, I have my next Book Buddies meeting with Jane on this Saturday. Book Buddies is going great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to my episode called Book Buddies. And it has been so much fun. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Jane and I, my daughter Jane, she's eight, going into third grade. We meet on a monthly basis with a few of her classmates, and we meet on Saturday mornings to discuss a book. Each girl takes a turn choosing a title, and I ask that girl to come up with at least four open-ended discussion questions, and I ask all of the other girls to come with a question for the group. And this week, we are going to talk about uh, The Mystery at Midnight, And the book is written by Lisa Hendy. It's part of her Chime Traveler series. If you're not familiar with these books, I highly recommend them. Lisa Hendy, if you don't know who she is, she is the original founder of CatholicMom.com. And she has this phenomenal children's book series called The Chime Travelers. And it's about a brother and sister who are twins. And they go back in time to solve mysteries about saints. And the stories are great. I would call these probably middle grade fiction. So I think they're appropriate for kids as young as, depending on who your kiddo is, maybe first grade. And then as old as probably junior high would be um, the upper limit. But I love these books. I think they're wonderful. And I can't wait to discuss it with the girls 
And I am so encouraged because one of our listeners, Sheila, she contacted me to say that her daughters started their own book club this summer. They've already met once and they're hoping to read three books. And Sheila said, hello, I am an Adele sister. For those of you who don't know, Adele is, that's the Adele gathering that's hosted by Jen Fulweiler and Hallie Lord. It's a conference that has happened a couple of times. So she has attended Adele. I'm an Adele sister, and I've been enjoying your podcast. I wanted to thank you for the suggestion of a book club for young girls. My middle school daughters are hosting their first book club today. It's been a great experience for them. I had them help clean the house, do the baking, and prepare a drink. I suggested brownies since Emma is a master brownie maker. However, they decided to bake a cake since one of their friends had a birthday yesterday. I have nine kids, and Anna and Emma are number four and five. They are also my oldest daughters. I feel that they are stuck in the middle, not as the not as old as the teenage boys and not as young as the baby girls. I'm a huge reader, so this was a great way for them to feel grown up and to relate to me. Thanks again. Well, Sheila, I just love that you have started this book club with your girls, and Sheila sent me some beautiful pictures of their first book club gathering, and it looked so sweet. They had this cake and flowers on the table, and it was this group of beaming junior high girls gathered around the table to talk all about their first book, and they had a sign-in sheet. And it just warmed my book lover heart to hear that there is another book club of young girls that's meeting on a regular basis. So Sheila, I hope that your daughters continue to meet up with their friends to discuss their favorite books. And I can't wait to hear about what their next title is and what they thought of it. And I hope that they continue to just share their love of reading because I think that that is the best if Our kiddos can have a lifelong love of reading and find friends who enjoy it with them. That just, it warms my heart. So I'm thrilled to hear that someone else is doing that. Also, I have been getting lots of great feedback from my last episode with Ashley Stevens. I heard from listener Nicole. She sent me this email. Hi, Catherine. I can't tell you how much I've been enjoying while you were folding. I heard about your podcast from you, actually, on Facebook, and I'm so thankful I did. I love hearing experiences and ideas from another mom who not only has children similar ages to mine, but also who has older children so I can prepare for what's coming. And then she went on to say how old her kiddos are. Her oldest is five, and then she has a four-year-old, a 15-month-old, and a six-week-old. Wow. (laughs) Nicole, you're my hero. She said, I've wanted to respond to several episodes, but managed to put it aside. And when I finally made it, another episode is out, and I feel like it's too late. Listeners, by the way, it's never too late to send feedback because I love your feedback. She says, I'm actually late responding to the Ashley Stevens episode as well, but I was finally able to catch up and listen on a recent trip and knew I wanted to say something. First, I am right there with you about Totus Tuus. I love the program, but I feel like the little kids are left out and would love for them to be able to participate in something. I'll circle back to that a little bit later because I got more feedback from another listener that I want to talk about. Second, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting Ashley to talk about how she handles her husband traveling for work. My husband travels for work as well and is gone anywhere from three weeks to six months with a few days off every month to come home at a time, depending on why he's traveling. 
I could go on and on about how spot on the things she's, she was saying are, down to the phrase about quote-unquote herding cats, as it's something that I say frequently. I am looking forward to using the check system, especially for whining, as that is something I def- we are definitely dealing with currently. But what struck a chord most was something Ashley had you add at the end. It was 100% the work of the Holy Spirit that I was listening to this episode on the day I did. As I said, I was able to catch up on this episode on a recent trip. I was traveling without my husband and the kids and I were on our way home. It was a long weekend with many battles over various things. I was feeling like a not-so-great mom and like the friends we were visiting must be thinking how incapable I was. And then Ashley added this. You are caring for the kids by yourself. You are a super mom or dad, and don't let parenting not look 100% while they're gone let you feel like a failure. I lost all composure and was crying so hard I almost had to pull over. Thankfully, I was able to pull it together and keep going as it was nap time and I didn't want to risk waking kiddos. The point is, I wanted to make sure you know that you are making a difference in your listeners' lives. Without that interview and the help of the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have heard the words that I clearly needed to hear at that moment, so thank you. I'm also following Ashley's blog now as well, and I can't wait for the next episode of While You Were Folding. Well, Nicole, first of all, yes, Ashley Stevens is amazing. The check system rules. It is still definitely going in full force at our household as well. And I'm thrilled to hear that you got some great tips from Ashley and that you found such awesome words of encouragement from her. And thank you for your kind words about the podcast. It means the world to me when I hear from listeners to just know that my little hobby, what I'm doing over here is somehow making a difference and encouraging you in your vocation as a wife and mother. So thank you for taking the time to send me that feedback. And I hope Ashley got to hear your beautiful words today as well. I wanted to circle back to what you were saying about the TOTUS TUIS program and hoping that you had a program for younger kids. And I want to hear from any listeners that know about this program. A couple of you reached out to me to talk about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Basically, it's like Montessori preschool, very hands-on, lots of manipulatives. And it's an opportunity for the child to get to go to what's called the atrium, the space where they get to explore and interact with some hands-on manipulatives to learn about God and the Trinity and their faith. Um, I know that it's geared toward younger children, and I know that there are a few parishes in the Omaha, Nebraska area that offer it because I've had a few of my friends when we were living there go through the teacher training. So if you know anything about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, maybe your parish offers that. There are a few places I'm aware of that offer it in conjunction with the TOTUS TUIS program for older kids. Um, Or maybe your parish offers vacation Bible school for the younger ones as well. I would just love to hear about any programs for the younger kids that aren't quite school age, for the families that are looking for some sort of a summer faith formation opportunity. Or maybe there's something that goes on throughout the school year. Can you send those to me at podcast at katherineboucher.com? I'd love to hear about those. Um, the last thing I wanted to make sure and touch on today, 
uh, at the beginning of, I think, the last three summers, I have sent out a general Facebook public service announcement, basically saying something along the lines of, it's getting warm outside, and so the windows are open, and so neighbors, this is your annual reminder that the Boucher children are going to be, quote unquote, working it out. (laughs) They are going to work it out and you are probably going to hear them doing that. So that means there's going to be a lot of screaming. And I'm aware that there's a lot of screaming, but unless there's blood, (laughs) I'm not going to be doing much about it. And so if you're uncomfortable about that, just know that I know that there's screaming going on and, um, I th- everything's okay over at the Boucher household, but they need to know how to work it out. So anyway, I bring this up because I had a friend, Amanda, who wrote on that post today, months later, saying, how do you do this? Because I cannot handle the kids running to me day in and day out saying, please, mom, referee this problem that I'm having. So I thought I'd take this chance to share what I came up with as our summer ground rules. And anytime we have some of the neighbor kids over, I remind my kids and the neighbor kids that these are our rules. So I say, bodies have private parts that stay private. Keep your body to yourself. Before you leave our house and before my kids leave your house, everyone's going to tidy up whatever you were playing with. And then my last rule is work it out. And I have Walt tell everyone what his first grade teacher taught him. And she she says, and I think this is hilarious. She says, unless there's blood, barf, or a bathroom emergency, you can probably handle it. I like to add to that. If you have a problem, you're going to talk to the person you're having a problem with. And then you talk to them again and again. And if you're still having a problem, you ask friends for help. And you come and get an adult if you really can't work it out or if it's an emergency. So at the beginning of the summer, especially when they were going outside and maybe I'm doing the lunch dishes, I would have within 30 seconds someone coming in to tattle or whine or try to get me to referee a situation. And I would try with my body language to let them know that I'm not going to engage that situation. So I'll respond with something nonchalant, not make eye contact and keep my eyes on the dishes. I'll say, that doesn't sound like an emergency when they jump in. And that sounds like something you need to work out with. And then I'll say the kid's name. Sounds like something you need to work out with Jane. Or that sounds like something you need to work out with Harry. Come back if it's an emergency. And... I continue on with my task and then slowly but surely after me being persistent and not engaging, not telling them not to hit, not telling them this isn't something you need to do. I just say, that doesn't sound like an emergency. Go talk with so-and-so, whoever it is they're having a problem with. And after a couple of days of this, of me just completely not engaging and letting them know that they're not going to get a response from me, they don't come to me anymore. And they've figured out that mom is not going to rescue them from whatever the situation is. And it doesn't mean that I condone whatever the behavior is that they're having a problem with, but they do come to me much, much, much less. And they've learned that they need to be advocates for themselves. They need to be advocates for one another, especially the older kids when they see that the toddler is doing something that the toddler shouldn't do. They're able to help with some of the disciplinary things. Now, I think that's a healthy 
family interaction going on that the older ones, as they learn the virtues and the things that they're supposed to be doing and not doing, that they can model that and enforce that with the kids. I'm not just abdicating my parental role, but I'm what I'm trying to say is I think it's important for them to learn how to work these things out and to referee themselves. So that's how I do it at our house, but I want to know how you help your kids to work it out? Or do you have some household ground rules that are helping everyone to have a happier summer at your house? Send them my way. I want to hear about them. Um, But that's going to do it for this week. If you don't know about show notes, that's where podcasters put everything that they mention in every episode. You can find those on my website, katherineboucher.com. And you can find the links to everything that I mentioned in this episode, episode 25. Also, you should be able to find the links and resources wherever you're listening to this show. Please keep sharing the show with your friends. Teach them about the world of podcasts. You can put the show on their phones and make sure that they're subscribed so that they won't miss new episodes as they come out. And I just love hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as always for your feedback. Please keep sending your questions, your topic suggestions, your book, TV, or movie recommendations, and your general summer sanity saving tips my way. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram or email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.